Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome in to another great episode from the Primetime Titans podcast. The boys are back and the fellows are refreshed and regrouped. I would say we needed this pie just as much as the players did, which is, hey, I know it's a bold take, but that just shows the grind that we've been on this season for you guys, for our fans, for all you listeners out there that love us, need us, and, and had us in your Spotify top 10 uh, podcasts that just got released. So we thank you for that. Um, stay tuned for some merch that the boys, uh, the fellows are putting together. Once we once we have the results, we'll put it on our social media. Uh, once we have the designs, we're still throwing some things around. But we got our first T-shirt coming out soon. It'll be for the return of one of our best players. I think you can probably guess who that is, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. So just be on the lookout there. Um, so, you know, this podcast, we talk about the bye week, some things that are that are happening around the NFL, the current seeding position in the playoffs, and what this game really means for us as Titans fans and players and as our organization tries to uh, move through this season, what we're expecting to see on Sunday. So pretty good podcast. Um, we're excited about it. This will be the only podcast of the week. We did one last week, and we did one this week sort of uh, – um, as we get ready to ramp it up for the playoffs and for this playoff run, we went one a week for the last two weeks. So hope you guys enjoy and you ladies too. We know you're big fans as well. So without further ado, please welcome in boy named Banjo. Hello, I'm Johnny Cash. I hear the train are coming. It's rolling around a bend And I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when I'm stuck in Folsom Prison And time keeps dragging on But that train keeps... The Primetime Titans podcast is presented to you today by Walker Financial Management. Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL and the engine of the Titans offense, but he would be the first to tell you that it takes consistent support from teammates, coaches, trainers, and advisors for him to be the most successful on and off the field. In the same way, small business owners are the engines of their companies and wear a lot of hats. Walker Financial Management exists to support owners of small to medium-sized businesses, specifically in regards to bookkeeping. They offer customizable solutions like transaction categorization, monthly financial statement preparation, accounts receivable and payable management, payroll, CFO services, and more. If you or someone you know is spending too much time, money, or stress on bookkeeping, find peace of mind by visiting www.walkerfm.com to schedule a free consultation with a certified bookkeeping professional today. That's www.walkerfm.com. All right, here we go. This is the Prime Time Titans. I'm JG. I'm Pettit. Good morning. I'm Robert. Let's get into it. This is going to be the Jags preview, but before we talk about the Jags, and even before we talk about around the league, let's talk about Twitter.com, and let's talk about how <laughs> our coach... The tweeter is an absolute savage and a troll on Twitter. He tweeted at, I don't know if y'all were watching or saw on Twitter, but the chiefs played the Broncos on Sunday night. There was a, what 
Vic Fangio and the Broncos thought was a catch and fumble by Travis Kelsey was uh, reviewed. They The Broncos challenged it, and they tried to overturn it, and they still said it wasn't a catch. Now, it looked like that Travis Kelsey caught it, made a football move by tucking in the ball, had a couple steps, so it looked like a fumble. So Mike Vrabel thought that, and he tweeted out a screenshot of the rule book showing what and what what is and what isn't a catch. <laughs> Didn't the ref come out in his explanation and say it was yeah, so it was NFL officiating like their official Twitter account. They tweeted out the reason. And the reason they included something like time. Yeah, there wasn't enough time in Vrabel. The third element. It said he, he did not complete the third element of a catch. Time. And Vrabel screenshotted the elements of a catch and, and showing not, that time is not part of it. It is not a part of it. So doing I mean, his best Lane Kiffin impression. Don't we don't yeah. we love that? I do, yeah. I love that he was on a bye week, like just chilling, maybe eating some rotel. Also, with he his was kids. definitely watching the game. He probably didn't just pull that up. Oh he yeah. Yeah. For sure was watching the game. He yeah, it'd be funny if he just every hour searches NFL officiating tweets. Not even watching games. He just looks for <laughs> NFL officiating to tweet something out. But honestly, I think Brable was right. I mean, it looked like Travis Kelsey made – like they say a football move can be tucking it and he, tucking the ball, and he was asked like, you know, it was just my opportunity to, to show and clarify what is it and isn't a catch. It's good for, you know, teaching my players that and making sure they know. And he pointed to the Patriots game near the end. There was – a play that kind of looked like a catch, but they weren't sure. Ferkser picked it up, but didn't run with the ball. And then he fumbled it, and then Luan got it. And they called it a fumble, I think. So then, like, I don't know, a little teaching moment. And those are little things that I love about Vrabel. I think it's hilarious. Vrabel has proven over the last, what is it, four years now, he knows the rule book probably better than any coach in the NFL. But not only does he know the rule book. he knows book, it better than some officials he, that are yeah, in the games. Truly. But not only does he know that, he wants everyone to know that he knows the rule book better than <laughs> It's pretty hilarious. So <laughs> like I mean how much we've seen probably a handful of instances where Vrabel pulls something like um like remember against the Texans two years ago, he intentionally got a twelve man on the field penalty so the clock would keep rolling. Yeah. Things just like when the Patriots came in the playoffs, he kept getting the false start and delay of games. Yeah. Then he got the false starts that Kept taking off clock, and then Brett Kern punted it to like the two yard line, and he's that was awesome. He certainly knows the NFL rule book inside and out, which is a positive when you're Definitely evaluating a, a coach. So okay, it was the bye week. Do we? You what know, a Titan, great I'm week! I'm sure Titans had bye weeks. How how were our bye weeks? I think we had great bye weeks. A fantastic <laughs> bye week. I think we beat BYE this week. We beat BYE. Uh, yeah, I think um, for all I know, my hamstring's fine. I don't know about y'all. I haven't gone out and tested it yet, but <laughs> my Achilles hurts a little bit, but that's <laughs> oh, <no>. whatever. <laughs> oh man. Well, Achilles, that's interesting. Didn't didn't James Robinson fight in some heel thing? I don't know. Just people I saw people are asking for Urban Meyer's head after benching James Robinson last week. Yeah, you know what? Leave Urban Meyer as the Jacks coach. We want Trevor Lawrence has one touchdown pass since Halloween. Holy Dang. Well, we'll speaking get in, of the we'll bye week, the yeah, yeah. Sorry, we'll get get into a, the getting ahead of myself a little bit, but yeah, that, that was my fault. I brought up the bye week, man. I feel, <laughs> I feel refreshed. Hold me accountable. That was I my feel, fault. I feel refreshed. I feel healthy. You know, I feel like maybe us as the fans, JG, you said this last week. Us as the fans needed this bye week 
if not probably not as much as the players, but <laughs> but pretty close. It was refreshing to not be stressed out by the Titans on Sunday. Yes. And, and I say stressed yeah. out like we've had great wins this year, but I've still been stressed out during those games. But the last I would say four weeks without Derek and as our injuries have trended down further and further and further, each game has gotten <clears throat> more and more frustrating, more and more depressing. And so it was and more and more important. Yeah, and more and more important. And so this week was a great time to just, you know, reset, be with the family. You know what I mean? Uh, it's great. Get your mind right for, for a long, hopefully winning stretch of football over the next couple months. I think people, were, yeah, people were able to spend time with their families. Like we said last week, we have no idea if it, he if, if he actually went, but maybe Kevin Byron went to the Bahamas for a four-day thing, like, we, like we, Robert was saying. Did you all see Ryan Tannehill went the New York Post? Or, uh, well, I think he's, he put an Instagram post up or something, but he went to uh, a resort with his wife. Well, there we go. And his wife was saying, like, what a great time in paradise to refresh. Now time to get those W's. Looks like that's what we needed. So Lauren Tannehill's on board. (laughs) Okay, and also, uh, outside of the Titans, we had actually a pretty solid week for what happened around the league, especially in the AFC. A great Sunday. Yes. So, um, So Mike Herndon had actually tweeted out, um, Basically, like a, I guess a guide to what to root for as Titans fans, and the number one thing obviously was recovery, which is, you know, very true, and I think we, I think we did that, um, but also it was rooting for certain teams uh, in games, so it was Bills over Patriots. This is what Titans were rooting for: Bills over Patriots, Steelers over Ravens, Texans over Colts. Chargers beating the Bengals, Broncos over the Chiefs, football team over the Raiders. So, um, like three, four of those happened. I think probably the biggest one that happened was the Steelers over the Ravens. That yeah, was, that, that was, was the big. biggest thing. And then I don't know if y'all watched Broncos that. The it was three, three of the. Yeah, it was the Chargers three for beat the Bengals. It was three, three and three. Gosh. Obviously, the Texans weren't going to beat the Colts. I mean, you, it takes a tsunami and all of your players to be hurt for the Texans <laughs> to have a chance. Um, the Colts are still a very scary team. Hey, yeah, we've already played him, and and I they hope didn't they allow didn't make a single point. But I just don't trust Carson Wentz. I think he's he's so turnover prone. I don't either. But Tannehill's hey, Tannehill's back, baby. He's he <laughs> took some time in paradise. He right? probably has more turnovers than Carson Wentz. He definitely does. But you know what? We're turning it over. <laughs> We're turning over a new but league. Does he We're turning over our turnovers. <laughs> That's right. We're switching it around, and I expect 2020 Ryan Tannehill to come out. On uh, on Sunday against the Jags. Are you saying okay, the year twenty twenty, or twenty touchdowns, twenty interceptions, Ryan Tannehill? No, no, I'm saying the <laughs> yeah. year twenty twenty when Ryan Tannehill led the second best offense in the NFL with thirty four touchdowns and three picks. I'm on, That's what I'm, I'm on board. expecting. I'm on board. Um, so real quick, I am firmly in the camp that the Patriots are overrated. Yeah. So unfortunately, the Patriots beat the Bills last night. They. So, so it's, you, they're I still think, overrated. I think you can make a case that the Patriots have won, have beaten one good team this year, and that's the Chargers in L.A. Where And the Chargers are in L.A. It's kind of a iffy game. You don't really know who's going to show up, but you still have to play well to beat that team. They won 28-24. They gave Herbert fits. They caught the Panthers without any of their good players. McCaffrey was hurt, and Sam Darnold played terrible. They caught the Falcons, and actually Falcons – 
weirdly are five and seven. And they didn't have they didn't have their best player, Cordero Patterson. They caught the Browns without their top three running backs and Baker Mayfield having a shoulder injury. They caught us with our basically entire team hurt. And then to top it all off, they beat the Bills last night. But it was in 55-mile-an-hour wins. That like, was nuts. They ran the ball all but three. They, Mac Jones threw the ball three times. Josh Allen couldn't throw the ball further than 15 yards downfield without the wind moving the football. So, And then they missed, you know, they, the Bills missed a, extra, or a field goal. That was basically an extra point because the wind just took it out of, the, of play. So, you know, I think – and the Bills are, in my opinion – probably one of the best teams in the NFL at spreading you out and throwing the ball all around the field, and you couldn't do that last night. So, again, the Patriots luck out and and get a win in a, against a team I don't really think they sh- they're better than. So, all that to say, I would love to pay, play the Patriots in the playoffs. I think with a healthy team, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make a case here. I think we're the best team in the AFC if we're healthy. I think the argument, though, is – the contingency you just added there is being healthy. <laughs> Very we're, true. We're running a hospital. It's not Very true. That. And, okay, so the Patriots are 7-0 and in the last seven games. Yep. So I think we've learned that it takes a lot to win games. Yeah. And going 7-0, and no matter who you're playing, is extremely impressive. We went 6-0 at one point. I know. It was extremely impressive. Yeah. It was great. I loved that time. I <laughs> remember that back. time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a distant memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was extremely impressive, and that's why we were the number one team in the NFL at one point, because we did that. And that's why the Patriots are probably ranked as top three team in the NFL right now. I'm not sure what they're going to be ranked in the power rankings, but right now they are scary to play. If they can run like that, knowing – the Bills knew full well that the Bill, uh, the Patriots going to run the ball every single play, and yet they were still getting six yards a run. And it was like, if they can do that with two backup running backs, essentially, and then Mac Jones not even having to throw the ball, adding Mac Jones being able to throw the ball, and their defenses are they top? Are they the number one defense in the league? Them and they're the Bills and like there. the Cardinals probably depends probably. on the metric, but yeah, they're they're very good. So I just think I, I don't particularly want to play them in the playoffs. I would rather play the Chargers. I would rather play. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both looked at you. It's just like, what? <laughs> Chargers just, they just scare me. I don't know. The Chargers are just so up and down. I would take that risk of them being down okay. in the yeah. playoffs than the most consistent team in the Patriots. I think that's their biggest value is how consistent they are. And they are just playing where they're not going to light you up like the Chargers could, but they're just going to steadily beat you. And it's honestly more frustrating. We'll see. I, I just I have yet to watch a Patriots game, and I just think the opponents that they played, I haven't been impressed by any of the Patriots games. Like I Literally they're, since week, what was it, week five against the Chargers, week six against the Chargers, I don't think that they've actually played – a team that's close to full strength, whether it be because of weather or because of injuries. It's almost like they, they're they back to their normal Patriot way where it's not going to be anything flashy. It's so frustrating, but they're so advantageous, and their defense literally wins them games. I mean, you look at the type of quarterback at the time that Tom Brady was at the early 2000s when they had such a good defense – he didn't have to be anything special. He just had to move the ball down the field. But That's let exactly me, what Mac Jones does. They're, they're, That's why I hate him. Let me ask their you a question. Their turnover ratio is plus 14. Let me ask you a question. 
or margin? Who who Potential. doesn't have a good defensive showing against us when Nick Westbrook Ikeen is your number one receiver? No, I know. And but I, I'm not I'm not even like, referring to the Titans game. But that's but I'm not but my point is that that's been every that's game. An example, yeah. Like the last six games they've had. No, I get you, but every game has you, been against teams that are so depleted just like the Titans. Wouldn't you still say that like JC Jackson and Jalen Mills, Kyle Duggar and all those guys are still Yeah, they're really good players. Back. They're good players, but I don't think JC Jackson's better than Christian Fulton. Oh. I, I, I don't think I don't think Kyle Duggar is better than Kevin Byard. Yeah, uh it, the comparison there would be McCourty and Kevin. Byard. Yeah, well, Kevin McCourty or Kyle McCourty, whatever De- his Devin name is. McCourty. Devin McCourty, he's 32 years old. He's he's He's, I would say Byers better than McCourty, but I'm not at the point where I can say JC Jackson or Christian Fulton's better than JC Jackson. I love Christian Fulton, but have we seen JC Jackson go against a true number one receiver this year? Uh, you can, can say Diggs. last night, Stephon Diggs. Diggs but <laughs> you know, Allen. when you have 55 mile an hour wins, what do you think about yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard so, to throw the ball so farther than Diggs. What about, about Keenan Allen? Okay, Keenan Allen. He did play against so Keenan Allen. You I don't know rather, his stats against Keenan Allen. But. I don't either. <laughs> you would rather? Okay. So. I just. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying you're not sold a bad on the Colts. team. I'm just not or, sold sorry, on the Patriots. Patriots. I'm not a believer in the Patriots. Let's see him play the Colts and the Bills after their bye week back to back in a normal weather game, and let's see how that goes. And then I'll judge so the Patriots. The, the Colts. I'll, and, I'll give that to you. But the Colts and Patriots actually do play Week 15. Yeah, the Patriots have a bye be, next who week. Who are we going to be rooting for? Probably the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Let's get to the most important thing, yes, I which think, is our game on Sunday. Well, that's what I was about to say. The Colts Patriots game. It might. We might. It. You know, depending on what happens next week, we might be rooting for a certain someone. Who knows? We're playing the Jaguars. And Jaguars. Jaguars. Would you guys go as far as to say? This might be the most important game in our season. <laughs> I mean, I think probably. just for morale. Yeah, like if we don't win this game, we're not we're not doing anything. Y'all remember the must win, can't lose thing that I said? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and still don't both. understand. Just, I don't even understand it. I prob I don't even remember everything that I said. It's both. We yeah. can't lose this, and we must win it. And Absolutely. It. I. I don't think. I think it. I think the wheels fall off if we lose this game. I mean, okay, so this wouldn't you say we have the Jaguars, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, and Texans left? The two easiest games you would say are the Jags and the Texans. You could argue the Jags at home is an easier game than Texans on the road, even though we always recently we've been playing well at the Texans. But um, so this, like, say we were to lose this game, then we got to get at least probably two more in the last four games. And the Steelers just came off a huge win against the Ravens. 49ers, they lost the Seahawks. They always lose the Seahawks. But they're a super hot team right now still. They might be getting Debo Samuel back healthy. And the Dolphins just won their, I think, fifth straight. They're now – no, they they might be 7-7. They're 6-7. Seven. They're 6-7. Six and 6-7, seven. Six and seven. so they're of, fifth straight. Speaking of the Dolphins, did you guys see what Logan Ryan said? I did. Yeah. Logan Ryan, essentially, old Titans player, basically, last year. One of my favorite Titans players. Two years ago. Two years ago, you're right. Um, basically came out and said they lost, the Giants lost to the Dolphins, and he was like, 
Well, I could throw the ball like to a like two yards to the left or something like that. <laughs> Three yard out routes. Yeah. He was I think he was really frustrated with the fact that Tua doesn't really do anything special and just kinda of throws it short every time. Yeah. Probably fair. But so So I, it's, it's it's so huge. It's huge. I think this game really is gonna set the tone for the for the rest of the season, for the for the next five games. Like if we can come out and win this game and establish an identity again, we got some great news. On the injury front, right? Potentially great news. Speaking of of resting and recovering during the bye week, three players are designated to return from injured reserve. Julio Jones, Dane Crookshank, and Racy McMath. Uh, Racy, hopefully he can be a a really good special teams guy. But Dane Crookshank actually, I think, brings a lot to the defense. Um, And special teams, too. I mean, he's always been a big special teams He was playing pretty well before he got hurt. And obviously... You know, we'd like to see Julio go out there and be a receiver we can rely on against a, a pretty bad Jags secondary. And I think the key with mainly Julio and whenever other guys come back from injury, injury um, Mike Keith was saying this on the radio yesterday. It's like it, the, the massive key is for them to stay healthy when they come back. Like – they're so designated to return from IR. That doesn't necessarily mean they're playing 100% on Sunday, but it means they got a shot and they can, they can get back to practicing. Um, and then what's going to happen? What if Julio hurts his hamstring again? We can't shut him down and put him on, on IR. Right. We did that with Marcus Johnson. He'd be out for the rest of the season. If he goes back to the IR, he's done for the year. And so we have to keep him healthy. Like Pettit said a couple episodes ago, maybe just don't practice. <laughs> maybe, maybe Julio just runs like two routes and he's done. I would still it's expect. Too, too many. I'd expect Julio to too, be too many. <laughs> <laughs> I'd expect him to be on a snap count on Sunday. He's yeah. probably not playing more than thirty snaps, whatever the number the doctors decide. And honestly, he's probably on a snap count until the games start to matter in terms of like win and go lose and go home. Oh, if we go up, couple scores, Pull even in the first quarter, I don't think he's playing. But I will say this, I think if we get into a situation where it's if we're in the playoffs or we get into a regular season situation where we have to win to make the playoffs or have to win to win the AFC South, I think Vrabel's saying fight through that hamstring injury you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and so do we also there's another receiver potentially that could play that we signed a few weeks ago, Golden Tate. We think I Golden about Tate him. sees his first action. I sure hope so. I mean, <laughs> We need a wide receiver out there. Pettit, what are you what are your thoughts going into this Jags game? I know you were very much fed I mean, up with the Titans last week. I'm still I'm not like thinking that we're gonna win this game, even though the Jags are so bad. They are I, so bad. They look so bad on Sunday. They did not look like a football team. Their offense is so bad. And they pulled so kind of what I was mentioning earlier in the episode is a lot of not even just Jags fans. I think national media is basically coming out and saying Urban Meyer, the culture he's creating is already terrible. So essentially, what happened on Sunday was James Robinson. I think like one of the first two or three plays of the game, like their first drive, he fumbled the ball, and it basically was Aaron Donald being Aaron. Donald. And it was Aaron Donald absolutely ripping that thing out of his hands. Yeah, I mean James Robinson had two hands on it, and Aaron Donald just outmuscled him. It was actually so impressive by Aaron Donald, but. Essentially, Urban Meyer did not play him the rest of the game, almost at all. He came back in the like the the last few snaps when the game was over, and he's been banged up. So people were criticizing him for that too. 
Yeah. So basically, the thought is, if you're the reason why people are criticizing it's first thing, James Robinson is their best offensive player, and they're like, if you're the culture you're creating is a guy making one mistake at the very beginning of the game and not giving that guy time to redeem himself in later in the game is absurd, especially in a player like James Robinson. How are you supposed to Build mentally, him. but yeah, that and like, how are you even supposed to like mentally like get back into a game after realizing you made one mistake and you can't redeem yourself? Are you saying what's what's that going to do moving forward? Like, say, no, like, fumbles like, against the Titans. What's going to happen to him then? Is no, I just mean saying? that's a losing culture. Like, yeah, if you like, imagine if you <laughs> Adam Humphreys, John John Garrett over here, <laughs> you fumble the ball and then you realize every t- or you drop the pass. And then you realize that you made such a mistake that you get benched now for a quarter, quarter and a half, and now you're going to a game cold. Now you think about every mistake you're going to make, oh, and would, you might yeah, get pulled I'd, again, I'd for and maybe sure maybe not go back in the rest of the game. Yeah. You're just going to continue to make more mistakes, and that's the culture Urban Meyer is creating, as created at the Jags, and it's kind of toxic as a winning culture. So are you saying that you can't like, win doing that? Are you saying um, kind of bringing that up? Well, the example I have is Pringle. Uh, I can't remember his Byron, first name. Byron, Byron Pringle. Pringle for the Chiefs dropped a 20-yard pass the other day, d- wide open. And in the z- very next play, the Chiefs threw it to him, and he got a first tr- down. Yeah, he got a first down, trucked over a guy. Yeah, it's like that is how you have a player redeem themselves. Well, but not like, by pulling him and say you, yeah, you're done. As far you as made the, a mistake. As far as the Jaguars go, with how you're feeling about the Titans right now, are you hoping that you know this awful culture? And stuff, you know, plays a factor in this game again, and and Titans are able yeah, to roll. Yeah, I, I sure hope so. This Jags team is worse than the Jags team we played at the beginning of the season. I think they're worse than the Texans. I think they're worse than the Texans too. But I'm still so nervous. <laughs> like I, I almost would rather have another bye week. <laughs> <laughs> I just am so. The last two games that we've played have just almost broken me as a fan. I don't feel like I have confidence. Going into this game, I don't think we're going to lose necessarily, but I surely don't. I'm not expecting to win. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I just am scared. I, I'm scared people are going to get hurt. I'm scared Foreman is going to drop the ball and, and uh, Hilliard's going to drop the ball and Desmond Patrick is going to run back. the wrong route. We don't even know if McNichols is going to be back. Yeah. Rashawn I'm just. Evans, David Rashawn Long, Evans. We don't know. Yeah. Um, and we haven't seen any injury report yet. So. Until I actually see the Titans regain form which hopefully we come out, we're energized, we're playing winning football again, and you know we can move the football and stop them on defense. Like Until I see that, I think I'm going to be you know, thinking about the Texans game and the Patriots game and how you know, yeah. bad we played in both of those games. Do you think it's actually a disadvantage for us to come off a bye week and play the Jags compared to coming out of a bye week and playing like a really good team like – the Rams or the Bills or whatever it has been. I could see the version of that. Like I could see the argument for that. I just think with our particular situation, with how beat up and how injured we are, it's almost like this. Other than the Lions, this is probably the best team we could play because it's it should be quote unquote an easier game, right? Like it should be a game where if we just play well and we play clean. We can get up by a few scores. Maybe the Jaguars make a mistake or two, and we can put this game away in the third quarter and rest guys in the fourth. Like That's the blueprint that you'd want to see. I was thinking the same thing. That makes me a lot 
more confident than, say, if we were playing the Colts or the oh. Chiefs or the Patriots right now, again, like yeah. a game where you want to get up for and win. Um, but in a normal season, yeah, I, I can see that being a case where you, you know maybe you get locked in again, knock some rust off in practice because you're playing a really good team. See, that's what I'm a little nervous about the Titans is we don't have a game on the schedule that we have circled left. Like there's no game where it's like, oh, I really want to beat this team and prove that we're good now. I mean, we have to reprove that we're good now. And we don't have a team that's like, oh, wow, even if we destroyed the 49ers, the Steelers, and the Dolphins, if we destroyed all three of those teams, I don't think anybody would look at us being like, oh, wow, look at their wins yeah. in the last few weeks. Like, cool. I totally yeah. agree with you, which is where I think that all comes down to Mike Vrabel. And is he going to be able to motivate this team, refocus this team, uh, kind of, you know, put everything in the in the past, all these injuries, everything that's happened in the past, put it all behind you. It's now a five-game season. Like, can he refocus these guys and say, you're right, you don't have a game on the schedule that you circle and you naturally get up for. So Vrabel, you know, this is where I think we pay Vrabel the big bucks. Like, this is your – this is the, ne- the next five games. This is our season. And it's on Vrabel to get these guys focused and get them, get them you know, dialed in for it. Yeah, and I think it's back to the the point that Kevin Byard has been saying the last few weeks all year, where he's he's the Titans aren't trying to prove anyone wrong. We're trying to prove ourselves right. And to go back to the point of playing a team like the Jags after the bye week, I think if we had won a game before the bye, yeah, maybe that would that wouldn't be the kind of team you'd want to play off a of bye week. But we lost before the bye. We've lost two straight. We all like it, it to me. It wouldn't matter what team we were playing; we would be up for it, and we're not going to take the Jags lightly. I mean, we've we've lost to the Jets and Texans, and like I I realized that I wouldn't put it past this Titans team to <laughs> go out and drop another. But also, I think that we really will see us kind of pick it back up. And I mean, I just I hope so. This is like I feel like the next five games, the next five weeks, it's almost like walking up a staircase, and this is that first step. Like somehow, some way, we found ourselves kind of in the valley during the bye week, and we found ourselves at the bottom on the bottom floor. We had a really, really high high, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Derek gets hurt. Our whole team gets hurt. We're a walking hospital. And then we slipped we, on a hardwood staircase. Yeah, we fell played, down some stairs. We play. We lose the Texans, and then we get crushed by the Patriots. And now we're on the bottom floor. We're out, now we got to climb the got to climb the stairs again. And this is step one. There's no elevator for us. Should be an easy. No elevator. Nobody's going to come in and pick you up and carry you up the stairs. This is that first step. It it shouldn't be too hard of a step. Sometimes that first step, just getting going, is the hardest. All right. So. Titans, we got to go out there. We got to get to work. We got to take that first step. Can't look ahead. Can't look ahead to the Steelers. Tell you what we else. What else we can't look ahead for? Okay, here on this podcast, we're a Derrick Henry Watch podcast. Okay, <laughs> um, every week we try to give you guys a little update on Derrick, as far as we know. Today marks five weeks out of surgery. Okay, this is a six to ten week recovery window alleged by Ian Rappaport. Titans haven't said anything about timelines. Vrabel doesn't do timelines, but hey, we can do timelines here on the Primetime Titans podcast. <laughs> and the timeline that we know is six to ten weeks. So this is five weeks. I think it's probably safe to say he's not coming back in six weeks. You know, it's probably safe to say he's not coming back until, 
you know, he's fully recovered. But just so everybody here's here's something to keep in mind with that too. Demarcus Lawrence suffered the same injury, and he played again Thursday night against the Saints and looked good. And that was eight that weeks, was his, wasn't it? No, I think it was like eleven weeks. Eleven weeks. So, yeah. eleven weeks. But I'm saying eleven weeks would be it'd be playoffs. Eleven we weeks. Can do it with. We can do it down the stretch without him. We can't do it in the playoffs without him. Right. Eleven weeks is the divisional round. Ten weeks is the wild card game. Eight weeks would be the Dolphins game. Six weeks would be the Steelers game. So, if it's a six week recovery, we'll see him against the Steelers. Gotcha. Not expecting it, but just so you guys are aware. Okay, let's try. Wait, were you going to say anything? I was going to say, I'm, I'm, after this conversation, this podcast, you, your boy is excited for the Jags game. <laughs> oh, bet it. I, we brought him out from the doom and gloom. It's, you know, I was not looking forward to the Patriots game at all. In fact, I, I barely even watched it. And now <laughs> we had to put out. some boundaries up. The truth it was, comes out. I it was, some, uh, I had to put a self-care. I had to, yeah, I had to put some barriers around my heart last week. <laughs> Um, as for this week, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching every snap of the, of the game. Let's do it. Are you more excited about the kickoff or the injury report and seeing who is playing on Friday? I, I'm, I'm not excited ever to look at the injury report, <laughs> list, especially this year. I, I'm, not, I'm still terrified to look at it. I feel like I'm still scared someone might show up on there that we didn't even know was hurt. Yeah, like so. Mike Vrabel. <laughs> Getting hurt, like running around on the beach yeah, yeah. during the bye week. <laughs> Okay, so let's try and wrap this up. Uh, I know Pettit doesn't do scores. Robert, are you feeling? Are you feeling? Yeah, score I mean, prediction? I'll stick. I'll do a score. Um, I predicted a loss against the Patriots, so I'm on a one-game winning streak on my predictions. But I predicted a win against the Texans, so lost the week before. So I'll say um, I'm going to go 24-13 Titans. Okay. Uh, do you have any like bold prediction for the game? My bold prediction is that nothing of note really happens, which is a good thing. We don't yeah. have any guys get hurt. We get a maybe a Hilliard touchdown, maybe like a Ferkser touchdown, and it's kind of a nasty, slop, sloppy game. Maybe each team probably has a turnover, but we win the game, and that's the first step. We win the game, and – my bold prediction is that Julio doesn't get re-injured in the game. <laughs> and that is more wishful thinking, I think, than any analysis or prediction. But <laughs> I am crossing my fingers and hoping and praying he doesn't get hurt again. Pettit, any bold prediction? I know you don't make score prediction. I, you know, after this episode again, I'm, I'm kind of hyped on the Titans. <laughs> I think we crush him. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> the emotional roller coaster. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to lie. I did not expect you going this route. This I didn't morning. either. I didn't either. This is not where I thought it would be. What do you today. think? What was it? What What turned the tide? It was the staircase. <laughs> it was the staircase. <laughs> it was the staircase analogy. Everyone, when you're walking upstairs today, tomorrow, a year from now, think about just picture Robert's voice telling you this is for the Titans. <laughs> this step I started thinking about our, our team rock our, our most dependable player Morgan Cox let's go and that's where I was like he's gonna snap the ball so well on Sunday so well that the he's team's gonna, gonna get hype about it and we're gonna crush the Jags he's gonna set the tone chances that Morgan Cox shows up on the injury report with a hamstring injury on Friday so he's the guy that could be running around on the beach getting a hamstring injury <laughs> and it wouldn't matter <laughs> he'd still be the best player on the team <laughs> 
I'm going to say bold prediction. Ryan Tannehill doesn't throw an interception. <laughs> okay. Hey, baby Which steps. Maybe a bold prediction at this point. What about a fumble? Um, I'm going to say no turnovers from Ryan Tannehill. That might actually be Paradise a bold was prediction. a huge deal for him. Yeah. And I'm going to go Titans 30 to 10. Okay. I like it. All Titans right. 30 to 10. We could sh- certainly use a blowout here in Nashville, Tennessee yeah. on Sunday. Everyone, we all know, we all know the Jags, okay? We all know that Urban Meyer is a trash NFL coach. Maybe a trash human. Who knows? I'm just I'm choosing <laughs> violence. Let's get out there and let's let's show that they're a bunch of trash. Let's show that the Jags are a trash organization. Let's do it at Nissan Stadium. Be loud, be proud, and get that W. And be humble. Be humble. Be humble about it. Come on now. So uh, I'm JG. I'm Pettit. I'm Robert. Tighten up, baby. Thank you all for listening.